0: I'm Jonathan, and with me is my romance author wife Megan, and our favorite guest Petra Orloff. And this is also a romance big, author, also a romance author. This is a big episode. It's number one hundred for the Yay. show.
1: Yay! Congratulations! Thank you. Thanks and congratulations to you too, because you are what our favorite guest,
0: <laughs> and not our and only guest. You're
1: not a guest. You're a part of the show.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, th- well, thank you. I love hey, being here. I love being here.
0: And it's Bridgerton season two.
2: It is. Cheers.
0: Ugh, it's so weird like doing the introduction after we've been talking for a few minutes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Now we're done. Okay. So do you want to do this quiz first? I have a Regency quiz.
1: Yeah. I and I do think you
0: both we should do a lightning round. So Uh-oh. you hold your you hold no, you don't want to do that, Megan?
1: No, no, no. I I just forget to ring in.
0: Raise Can your we? hand.
1: I'll try. Oh, I'll we're try. raising hands?
0: I guess. Well, how else are we okay. gonna do it?
2: Yeah, we'll raise <laughs> hands. I'm practicing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. You're the oldest of three daughters. Your father has an enormous estate. You're entitled to inherit a the whole thing, as you're the eldest, B a third, or C nothing. Megan,
1: see nothing. Correct. Because this, the estates were always entailed at this point nothing. in history, right? Yes. Yeah, they were always entailed. So, so all of the money went to you'd have a dowry, but all of the money went to the eldest son or the eldest, the eldest living, male, the eldest male heir
0: i would be on my mom's side Mm -hmm. it'd be so money for me because i'm the oldest grandchild yeah (laughs) on my dad's side i'm like fourth (laughs) and the Uh, third the third boy
2: i'm at the end
1: of everything oh yeah yeah and i'm a woman but you're the only woman so you'd be a prized possession, maybe. <laughs> you'd be a feather in the cap of the family and you could marry someone very wealthy and restore the family fortune with your with your wonderful marriage.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm quite a prize. People are lined up. They're lined up.
0: <laughs> All right. Question two. You're the younger of two brothers in a wealthy family, which has a grand estate you plan to support yourself in the future by living off your inheritance from the estate divided between you and your brother, getting a job, going into the clergy. Petra. Clergy. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. As second son, you will not inherit the estate but your family is wealthy and can likely secure you a large house, a lifetime employment as a pastor.
1: (laughs) A vicar. This is how the, uh, this is how the christian church remains so healthy and vital no shit (laughs) it was it was all tied together it's a grand master (laughs) plan would
0: that would that be the c of e over there
1: yeah at this point yeah no i think they had other things they i think they were presbyterians yes and i think there were there were Quakers,
2: there were you know, there all...
1: were Methodists, but that was very new, and I don't think they were organized. And they were kind of like the crazies. Like you think of like a mega church, like crazy, like jean skirt wearing like super duggerish ish Christians. Like oh. that was the Methodists <laughs> at that point. I'm grimacing. Like, no eating meat, no eating, like anything but oatmeal like you had to like I mean Jonathan you would you would fit in with this because what no 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 except for the (laughs) part they (laughs) they were they were like really into physical fitness actually both of you both of you would fit in because Petra you're you're like you are very also into physical fitness
0: than I am she's on like you were in Olympic trials, weren't you? Yeah. You're I've both never...
1: very disciplined. And I think the Methodists were very, like, rigorously disciplined on training their body to become, like, worthy of the, you know, the Holy Spirit. And, uh, like, it, they would start out their day on these long walks. And it, and it became, I mean, it's healthy, but they kind of took it really far.
0: I can think of way cooler societies than that. That also had that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying you appreciate you
0: appreciate discipline. I do, but yeah. All right. The following members of society were held in the highest esteem. Those who did not work, doctors, clergymen. Pedro again.
2: Oh, I'm I was just gonna say those who did not work because those were the landholders.
0: Correct. I even knew that one. Those who chose not to work had wealth, land, and status. I remember that from grad school when we took the his like whatever history class it was of sports. <laughs> I think it was ethics and how because it was amateurism mm. and how the British didn't like only people who didn't work were allowed to compete right like and you you weren't even allowed to practice
2: well, this is why we get so many great British. Uh, literary geniuses who were, you know, lords and earls and dukes and stuff, mm. because they didn't work, so they they spent they their time. time. Yeah, yeah, they spent their time writing poetry.
0: You're a young lady at a ball. Oh, a good. gentleman you do not fancy asks you to dance. This is the proper way to turn him down. Tell him your boyfriend would not approve. Tell him that your dance card is full for the evening. Tell him that you're not up to dancing at all and sit out every dance. Petra.
2: Dance card is full.
0: Nope. Uh, What? Tell him you're not up to dancing at all and sit the night out.
2: Because of one undesirable man?
0: Yep. As Harsh. a matter of etiquette, you must accept all dance offers or none.
2: But what, okay. if the dance, but what if my dance card is really full? Then it's not an excuse. I think that's
0: different. It's not oh, an excuse. Oh, then
2: it's not. I see. I see. You, then it's just truth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Coming out in this era meant dressing a bit too pro- provocatively, a girl being formally presented in society... Pub publicly disclosing your sexual orientation. Pedro.
1: Being
2: publicly presented.
0: Correct. When a girl came out, it meant she was of marriageable age. If a girl was not married by 30, she was considered an old maid.
2: Oh, wasn't it even earlier than that though? Yeah, I was gonna say that's 30, 30 is insane. like you're dying at 30 already.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this, why that's funny but
0: <laughs> cuz it's so ludicrous. Yeah. This title is the highest ranking. Earl, baronet, knight. Oh. Peter. Earl? Correct. Yes. Earls that was a long,
1: long pause.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard a yes. <laughs> Earl... <laughs>
2: I get too competitive.
0: (laughs) Earls belonged to the highest group of society known as the peerage. Baronets and knights were on the lower rung of aristocracy. Knighthood was the only title that was not inherited, meaning it was the best one. (laughs) To me, there's no nepotism. You have to earn that one. Uh, this would have been suitable employment for a middle class woman who did not marry. A lady's companion, a writer, a teacher. Petra, companion. you're getting crushed, Megan. I a know, what?
1: I forget. Companion? Yeah. But yes. wouldn't teacher also be it? You could be a governess. Or yes. was that lower
2: class? No, yeah, I think, I mean, you could be, if you, if you did not uh, I miss if your, if your family was in dire straits and you were like the third or fourth daughter,
1: right mm-hmm. then you'd have to do something. But it wasn't like you know being a laundress. No, that was an option.
2: But the governess was was the that space in service where you were higher than servants but lower than the family you were in the middle you didn't fit into either and Mm -hmm. it it was difficult to be a governess because the servants despised you and even though you were around the family all the time you weren't considered part of the family so it it was like a very liminal um discouraging space
0: well you guys got an 86 out of 100 on that one because only nine questions (laughs) <laughs> Excellent. What did you? What did you tell Hank, Megan? You have work to do if you get a B.
1: Yes, that's right. <laughs> he said, "What does
0: F mean?" Said, uh, "What? I don't remember what I told him, but basically, C, D, and F were all the same thing."
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unacceptable. Mm-hmm. It means right. you know half or less, You like you learned half of what you should have learned right. or less. So, yeah.
0: Well, in my case, in middle school and my first two years of high school in Florida, they had some weird like grading system where it was like a six, six points. Like from 94 to 100 was an A. Anything other than that was a B. It was weird.
1: Yeah, I graduated on that system.
2: I yeah, we, I did too. That and when I had my own classes, that's the that's the scheme that I used. Mm.
0: So my GPA was uh, would have been way higher if it was your standard metric system ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. What did you think? I'll let you start, Megan.
1: Okay. I didn't like it. (laughs) I liked... Okay, I have to break it down, though. Because it was... This season, I feel like... Like, last season, it was new. We were supporting romance being turned into a, a television series. We were supporting, like, that it was wildly popular this season it got old for me because all the things that I really hated about season one like the anachronisms um like I couldn't look past them in the season because to me it felt like they're doing it on purpose now like it's not it's not just that they're like creating a Walt Disney version of Regency now they're like They're doing things wrong just to like shove people's face in the shit. Like, like this, like there's no reason for the sleeves to be made wrong on half of the dresses because they get it right sometimes. Right. I don't understand. Like, why do they like the girls dresses are like. I, I, I know they're supposed to be fun, but I just don't, I just, I hate the whole like spirit of Halloween version of Regency. I can't take it. And this season it was just like, it was too much because you have the men, they're wearing natural fibers or, or you know, what look to be like, they could be natural fibers. Right. Why are they doing this to these women? Just putting and them I in just, polyester, yeah. Um, like and then, like the sleeves are like straight off the rack on a little girl's <laughs> dress from Macy's.
0: That's our sub pump. <laughs> it's very wet here, so the sub pump is working a lot.
1: I don't even know where the microphone is. I was trying to cover it up. Um, yeah, so I think it took me. F- Four episodes in to even like be able to pay attention to the storyline, and then I really liked the that Kate and Anthony, but I hated like everything else that was going on until the last two episodes, which I liked, and then I stopped liking Kate and Anthony, and <laughs> so I don't know. I I I think it's like it's for me it's the horrible costuming, and I know it's a really unpopular opinion, like. I've seen people get like shut down on comment sections. Like, I don't think these are historically accurate. Fuck you! It's not for you. Like, right, right. No business watching this. This is for us. Like, right, right. Okay, I'm just us us Uh, people who uh, us people who like can see costuming with like. An artistic eye and be able to get why they made these choices like I get it I do I just it pulled me so far out of the story I just like it was unbearable to watch for me so like I I probably should have watched it twice before we did this episode because I think there would be elements that I liked the second time um but yeah wasn't into wasn't into it
2: no, the costuming is reminiscent of cheap high school prom dresses. Yeah. And it, it does look like mall purchased. And I, I don't care how much time they say they've been spending on these things or how much thought goes into them. It, yeah. it's, it's hideous. And then, but beyond that, my problem with the costuming
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, is everything that you've said, but to take it a step further, the way that they characterize... Certain personalities in the series through costuming, I find absolutely horrendous. Last season, we had Daphne right at at the center of things, who's now a duchess. And we remarked, I forget when, but we remarked upon it, how she looked like like a prepubescent girl. Yeah. Throughout the entire series and how uncomfortable that was to watch, um, particularly in the sex scenes, because she was very reminiscent and the way that she was styled was that of a, of a prepubescent girl. And I, I understand during the Regency era that women were styled differently, but but with everybody around her yeah. and, and the way that she stood and that same styling occurred to her in this season. Mm-hmm. Uh in the few episodes that she was in, it was that same exact um styling, which I, I don't even understand because now she's a duchess, which you think would elevate her. Um, but she looked like a scullery maid. Yeah. Uh, you know, in pink or lavender, you know, whatever color they had her in all the time. Um, but and and then I think also for me in this season, Edwina. Also mm. looked like a child,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Styled like a child,
1: well, um, and like and not so even very... going into her the characterization of it, exactly. which is completely childlike until the last few episodes, where right? She finally, sorry, where she finally became really cool. So, like, why wasn't she cool the whole time? Or, I mean, it to me, her character arc didn't work, and that's why, but. Yeah, Edwina. I found watching her very uncomfortable because she looked like a child to
2: me. She looked like a child in a um, in a pageant. Yeah, a lot of makeup, a lot of hairspray, a lot of bouffant, right? Mm -hmm. And she was very petite um, in stature, and and Mm -hmm. now I know why only taller people like look good on film. Because she looked like a child. She just looked like a child dressed up in makeup and really bad prom dresses. Yeah. And that was
1: difficult to watch. Yeah. And then Eloise has this like totally modern hairstyle and like the hats. Like why are they given these like 1950s hats? Right. Right on they're, like just hair that's hanging down in their face exactly
2: right 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 like, like <laughs> there's nothing going on but there's this elaborate hat and then there's like yeah. stringed strings of hair yeah it 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 was it, it was very messy it was very dirty to me
1: yeah it seems like when a child is playing dress up Yep. like they're just throwing crap on themselves and how they <sighs> look is how they look and you're like oh of course you're beautiful princess you say to a little girl, and we—I don't, yeah. And Eloise
2: is by far the most interesting character. She's she's the feminist of the bunch, yeah. and she's outspoken and she's unruly in the very best of ways. She's incredibly intelligent. I think she gets the best lines. Her wit uh, is is tremendous. She's clever, and she, the actress is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I love watching her on screen. I love the way she looks. I love the way she sounds. I love the way she she acts. But you're right. Like, I don't understand why she embodies the character so well. You don't have to then style her in a more contemporary fashion to get across the point that her views are much more contemporary. The, the script and the actress do the work there. The style That's- doesn't need to be part of it.
1: That's the problem I have with a lot of these adaptations. It's the problem I have with a lot of, um, modern, like the modern feminist, like, uh, inter, like, uh, historical romances that are just in your face, third, fourth wave feminism, like women, like by saying the only way you can be a strong woman is to be a strong woman of today that is like totally erasing any strong women of the past. Yes, absolutely. And, and then it's the same way with the styling, like giving her a modern haircut and saying that she's, you know, she's the modern woman. So, you know, all you feminists watching, she's the one to root for. She's the one you want, like, like fighting for what you want. Um, I, I really think, it, you know, women existed like her during this time, yes. They talk about Mary Wollstonecraft on the show, yes. Um, why does she have to have like a twenty twenty two hairstyle? Right. I just don't. It, it, I hate it's it. It. it's unnecessary. Yes, it's unnecessary,
2: and and I think, um, I think a lot of the problems, and we discussed this last time, that I personally saw in both. Uh, you know adaptations of these books which are far different uh than the series itself um I think we have what I I classify as just it, it's the romance it's the audience it's the audience's oh, yeah. fault um yeah. that these things exist Absolutely. it is it is not um it, it isn't the fault the, the books are quite different but the production would be different if the audience would accept something else, but yeah. the audience won't. We simply can't have, um, you know, we can't have formal adaptations anymore. And 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 I don't find that uh, fact disagreeable. But what I do find disagreeable is that, like you said, it erases. It erases the past. It erases feminism as it existed during that time period and the women that that were at, th- at the front wave of ushering in um, a more contemporary way of thinking. And we've also talked about um previously that the Regency period was much more relaxed and forward thinking than the Victorian period. Um mm-hmm. you know, which which came after this period and lasted. You know, ten times as long. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the the fact that we're getting this this really, um, not even disnified. It's just this weird Lisa Frank imaginary. Yes, that's better. Um, you know, Lisa Frank. Right. the,
0: the sticker thing?
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this Lisa Frank adaptation of the Regency period. It's not entirely necessary. It it is more necessary in a Victorian setting than it would be in a Regency setting. Yes. I mean, when you think about the novels that were being written during this period, when you think about Jane Austen and those characters, um those women are strong, strong feminist personalities.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and they weren't they weren't, you know, running around smoking and and, you know, and and doing the the strange sorts of things that we're seeing in this particular um, in this particular show. And I know a lot of it has to do with 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 catering to the audience. But at some point, um, you know, the audience has to recognize and which I think a, a lot of younger people don't is that that. Um, That they are not a product unto themselves, but they have come from something else. And if the things that preceded them didn't happen, the world wouldn't be where it is today. And I find that very frustrating.
1: I also think, I know they were trying, like I've heard that the the Shawarma Sisters costumes were supposedly inspired by sari fabric. And yes. you could see a little bit of that in the colors, and I was just going to say the, the patterns. But I feel like you know you could take a true Regency pattern and actually use sari fabric, and that would have been a better and perhaps more um, like cult like uh, honorable decision for the culture.
2: Right. And I don't even what I found strange is that why were they not in saris? Why were they not in cultural dress if that is if that is where they came? it wouldn't have been strange. Yeah. No. For them to be in in England at that time in their their the the dress that they were accustomed to when they were living in India. It wouldn't've been unreasonable. Married um and and so it was very strange for me to to see that they that they weren't particularly at um you know the balls and stuff like that I I you know because um the women in India were not dressing as british women no the indian women weren't the british women were continuing the british fashion yeah but but that was well, it. I
1: think they were trying to break into the town and I, I ignoring their indian heritage essentially except for a few scenes. Yeah.
2: Um and their last name.
0: <laughs> yes. Was it Singleton? No, it was Sharma.
1: Sharma. Shar- yeah. Um and then I don't know. I was
0: kind of disappointed that we
1: never got like, I, it, it seemed like truly colorblind casting, like, you could could talk about, you know, British colonialism, maybe a little bit, right? Talk about, I don't know.
2: I, I have a, I, I mentioned that in my notes.
1: I and think like people are so willing to accept, like, they just want to see like, oh, um, brown people are being portrayed, but th- are they being portrayed? Well, that's
2: exactly what, that's exactly my, my point is you cannot have it both ways. You can't have colorblind casting Yeah, because then you get the critics that say, which they are talking about specifically for Bridgerton, none of the people of color seem to have particularly interesting arcs and they're Mm. only used to manipulate other characters. Mm. Okay. But then you can't have the casting, which acknowledges that people are. Um, people of color exist because then that's not colorblind casting. So yeah. either way, you lose. Either way, in this world today, you lose. You cannot get it right. Yeah. Uh, and I feel this. I feel this way about many things today. Yes. But you simply can't get it right if you colorblind cast and you don't discuss it. You're going to get Rammed by the critics who want there to be discussion of color. And if you colorblind cast and you give people, uh, you know um, discussion about that color, then you get rammed by the people who just say, why can't people of color just be cast in certain roles? So uh, you, you cannot win You yeah. uh, you simply can't right now. It, it's a, it's a tough time period. Um, I think to, to have any sort of discussion of this nature, I, we talked a while ago about Kenneth Branagh's, um, adaptation with, um, Keanu Reeves and, um,
1: what you do about nothing,
2: what you do about nothing, which was the <laughs> colorblind casting. Yes. And that was in the nineties. Yes. And there was no, there was, there was no criticism of how it was done. But now in 2022, we couldn't have that same film without there being criticism that the, that the, the color was never recognized. And I, I find that not moving forwards, but moving backwards. Yes. I so, you know, for for anyone out there who's listening, um you know, who has, who, who thinks this is a potential problem. I just don't think you can get around it in either way. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't.
1: Yeah. I think they need to make more stories about diverse characters. Yes. Based on actual history. Absolutely.
2: Like, why, <laughs> like, why are we not adapting, you know, um, the,
1: um, Beverly Jenkins? Exactly. Exactly. They think they won't have a market for it. I like I think Bridgerton proves that there's a market for pretty much any romance if you want to if you make it glossy enough. And I don't think they had to go as far with the gloss on Bridgerton no. as they did. And no. and it would have still been as successful as it is.
2: Right. I mean, because basically we're still watching a very privileged white family yeah. marry off their children. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's fine with me but mm-hmm. i would i would love to see something set in new orleans during the same time period or even later right yeah. as we discussed there's so much going on there mm-hmm. you know and with all different kinds of people just it's like coming together or even something set in uh you know constantinople uh you know historically which is like the, the intersection of the universe yeah. um, you know, with so many different cultures and people in East meets west and 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 the history there, like you could bring all of this together very in a very interesting, significant manner, and there would be discussion about religion, race, ethnicity, tradition, you know, power, uh, you know, and feminism and and masculinity and and all of it. Um, I just think they're looking to the wrong productions to offer what they want. To see, you can't get that from Bridgerton. You can get that, that from Beverly Jenkins.
0: Yeah, that show does exist. It's called Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> Everything watched, you just said is on that show. <laughs>
2: I know. I've, are you talking about the Vikings Valhalla?
0: Well, that's you an extent ex- that's a spin off of Vikings from the History Channel,
2: right. Right. And and that you're right, but it's still it's still not I don't think it's still this I don't think it offers the same variety in the same ways.
1: No. We finally have some Russian people. But nothing farther south, right?
0: Right. Um on Vikings they go to the Middle East. Do they? Mm-hmm and they show a mosque and interactions with that. But I mean, obviously it's not, I was joking, but, but white it, people it, are
1: never going to watch a show about Constantinople. Cause they don't give a shit about the East and no matter. I- it's true. But I mean, I feel <laughs>
2: like if you made it something, you know, yeah. like if, and, and you didn't, if you didn't Bridgerton it, but if you made it, made it something, uh, you know that appealed to
1: to the masses in a different scale. I I, I, I don't know. I think I think it would. I think it would be amazing. Too good of a script, and that means the audience wouldn't get it. Well, honestly. right. I know it's too <laughs> elevated. Too elevated. <laughs> Damn it! I think if you had like a super high <laughs> the, uh, the movie The Northman just came out today, and with uh, Alexander Skarsgard and. Uh, Anya Taylor, yeah, from Emma, right, right, right. uh, Whatever her name is, and uh, Nicole Kidman and Willem Dafoe, and I have like really high hopes for that because I feel like that's going to be the the very high production value Vikings movie,
0: right? I have high hopes
2: for Skarsgård.
0: Yeah, another another portrayal of Vikings being not just. They're exploratory. Is that what I'm looking for?
1: I don't know. But inclusive. (laughs) Sarsgaard is actually a Northman. I feel like there's a better chance that he's going to do. Like, maybe he wants his own people portrayed well. Right. I don't know. (sighs) Well, he is like shirtless on the cover. So uh, shirtless usually doesn't go with historical accuracy no men are just walking
2: around with like their white shirts falling (laughs) off all the time
0: (laughs) maybe he's a berserker
1: maybe
2: that i would see
0: all right so we've touched on everything you don't like what works in the show
1: Oh, have we touched on everything that we don't like? Oh no, no, no. I I, no, that was that was just my section. <laughs> and then Petra started to comment. Oh. And turned into, you know, rants.
0: <laughs> we touched on a lot that you don't like. <laughs> what did you like? Just me? Anybody.
1: Uh, I liked
2: Kate and
0: Kate,
2: Simone Ashley is probably one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. I keep hearing that. I just loved looking at her. I thought she was just gorgeous.
0: I said she she looked looked like uh, if Princess Elsa was from India. (laughs) From Frozen.
2: Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's something like on film. Her face is... She's just gorgeous. I loved looking at her. Every scene she was in, I was just in love. She was beautiful.
1: <laughs> I, so I, yeah, I liked her. The Faded Mates people were saying the same thing. Like, she is like the true romance hero that, like, is so beautiful that it hurts to look at her. She's Like, she's the one that all the men are talking about in their romance. In their romance books, right. all the heroes—they're all talking about her.
2: Well, you know, and I—I I I know this is such a such a weird thing to say, but she had great posture. I'm tired of yeah. watching actresses who are like just slouching around. It drives me crazy. Mm. It drives me nuts. So it was nice to see. She was great. I thought the chemistry between the two. Was pretty yeah. good. I really liked it. I, I thought the chemistry last season between um Daphne and her Duke was was non everyone talks about how hot it was. It was hot because the camera forced it to be hot. Yeah. It wasn't hot. They had no chemistry, no sexual chemistry, no tension, no urgency, nothing. And I thought that that Kate and, and Anthony did this season. Uh, I thought that tension was real and also created, you know, obviously there was all that like sort of breathing heavy, like heavy breathing going on, (laughs) but I didn't like how the tension kept dragging out and out and out and out. I mean, in most romances, we get something up front, right? We get, we get a taste of something yeah, and and then it it culminates in something grander, but we didn't even get that, and we barely got anything from the two <sighs> of them when it did happen. I thought it was disappointing when it came when they they finally did come together.
1: Yeah, I
0: liked um, how creative was... they were to to make that happen. Like when he actually went through with the marrying the what's her name, the sister Edwina. Edwina. Like, well, how the hell are they gonna circle back?
1: Yeah, and we haven't so, read these books. I I started. It doesn't. To it doesn't Brooklyn. happen in the book. Okay. There's no proposal in the book. In the book,
2: the oh. um, yeah, they get they get seen during the bee sting scene where he puts his hand, you know, on her. But he then he actually like goes into to suck out the venom. Right, like oh. as if she's as if she's been bitten by a viper on her ankle, right? And like Henry Cavill's coming in, <laughs> so he she's sucking the venom out from her bosom, and they're seen and compromised, and mm. then they're forced to marry very quickly, and then they they fall in love mm. okay. from, from that point on. But um, yeah, so that doesn't that doesn't happen, and I there's been a lot of criticism about um and this this is another. Um, problem I have with contemporary audiences, there's a lot of criticism about Anthony being, pursuing Edwina and having feelings for Kate, right? Like as if he's already cheating on Edwina. Oh, I love that about this show. That was I think yeah. the thing I liked the best. Right? Yeah, me too. I liked I liked that tension. Like he had obligations to find this particular woman, but he was in love with this particular woman. Now, I thought again Edwina was terribly miscast. I I I thought she was a terrible actress and it, for this role or at least the script did not suit her. I think um, she was terribly directed.
1: Okay. Yeah. Because I think she had. I think the actress had the capability of playing it, and she was just told, like, you know, look as demure as possible, look down, and have your eyes wide and open, and looking up at at all times. I think it was the directing because Uh, in the last episode, she changed and she became more natural. And I think if she had been directed as you know, I don't. To me, she seemed like it was the direction. Yeah, I
2: can go with that. I mean,
1: I could be wrong because I don't know. I, I
2: wasn't I, there. I, I just, but I still can't get over the fact that she just looked like a twelve-year-old in a wig yes. and and bad makeup. Mm-hmm. But you know, my problem is that everybody loves to read about the rake, right? Everybody wants the reformed rake and they love this trope they love this trope they love this trope well now here's bridgerton giving you the re- the mm-hmm. the rake right we see him he's with how many prostitutes you know last yeah. season and his courtesan last season and then this season with prostitutes and he's he's fucking everything mm-hmm. and then they're angry because now the rake is is being, being reformed rake-ish. Right, not exactly, but he's still being rakish. Well, uh-huh. I mean, this is what you get with the rake trope. You get yes. a man who who cannot commit to one woman, who does have feelings for multiple women, whose designs are not necessarily out of the goodness of his heart, and they're definitely not a, a love match. This is your quintessential rake, and now you're bitching about it. Because, again, I think what's what's great, what's a great read, doesn't make for a great film. Because when you right. see it, when you see the rake in action, it's disgusting. It's a little <laughs> gross. Right? I mean, we've talked about this, you know, yeah. like why are women so in love with these men who are fucking everything in sight? It it, it certainly disgusts me on the page, but but a lot of women find that energy attractive. Um, but then when you see it, they're angry that that this but this is what you want from romance. So again. Your expectation as a reader, you know, is Mm. is influencing, I think, the way that the the people see the films as well. And and I I, I, you can't have it both ways. You can't have your rake and expect him to be a choir boy.
1: (laughs) I think this is a problem like in all of romance, not just uh, Bridgerton, like with I I think it's. You you see people's ratings and people readers will rate a book on Goodreads, you know, one star because the sex wasn't something I expressly want (laughs) when I'm in bed. Right. Like that's not a one star. Like you not understand book ratings, or like, um, this isn't. uh, This heroin is too strong, or you know. It, oh, God forbid you give a heroine an arc in a romance novel. Like that's not well, I used to trip and fall all the time, but now I have this man with a big huge dick and now I can <laughs> walk upright. <laughs> right? No, that's exactly <laughs> like like the the
2: arc for heroines is so horrifyingly superficial. <laughs> like I've got a scar on my leg from falling off a horse when I was twelve. Will he yeah. love me? <laughs> and it's like, what well, that's like your big fucking hang up in life. It's a scar on your leg. Or, you know, my father, Um, I saw him once kissing a woman that wasn't my mother. And now I don't know if I could ever trust a man.
1: And it's yeah. like, that's that's your fucking hang up? Yeah, like, and write anything different than that. Like write a heroine that actually has flaws. And readers are like horrified they are because they want the perfect they want that perfect woman and they want to self-insert yep as the heroine and like so they want her to be this blank canvas so they're like well i bet she has all of my qualities as well because i deserve this like gorgeous (laughs) mountain man with a like huge dick who cures me of my horseback riding scar
0: and
2: (laughs) right 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 and takes my virginity and then cleans me up afterwards
0: is (laughs) that why there's an issue with seeing the rake on screen because you can't self-insert
2: i I think so i think so and i think that then the rake behavior is all of a sudden you're seeing it for what it is he's throwing coins down next to these women and and i mean like Not even like a kiss goodbye. I'm getting out of bed. Like he's just getting out of bed, pulling on pants, throwing money at them and leaving. And and there's been a lot of commentary about that. Really? And it's like, but that is what that's a prostitute and that's
1: a rake. Like that is what they do. It's a transaction.
0: You can't say that's
1: that, that really awesome oral sex scene without practicing. Like, right. I, that's what I was thinking when he was like going down on her. I was like, this is why you need those scenes. Like, yeah, he'd be doing this. Like, he would know. Like, you get the monk rake, or you monk get the your like your monk peerage, they don't know what uh, they're doing.
0: The yeah. monk rake,
1: the monk rake. <laughs> the monk. That's, I will find a way your to next write that. Novel. I was just gonna say that's your next story. <laughs> it is. Rake. I only write monks. Oh, I am writing. No, it. Literally yeah, is. it is. I am writing the monk rake. Oh, I love it. I love He's it. A, yeah, reformed rake now a monk, almost <laughs> literally.
2: <laughs> love it. I love it. No, but you're right. You're right. Like you can't. You can't. That's why I don't understand all these women who are like, oh, I love the hero virgin trope. And I'm like, no. Like, how do you like? I just don't understand. They're like, oh, it's just so sexy. I'm like, really? Like two people who are absolutely clueless. Like, do you remember the first time you had sex? Was that? Like was that romance novel worthy? Like I don't understand how two bumbling fools makes for a great fantastic scene. I I really no, I I don't, I don't get
1: it. There has to be a balance. They have and you you do have to explain it in a in a historical. Like nowadays you'd have to explain why the dude is a virgin, but in a yeah. historical you kind of have to explain that like you're You're treading this line, like the modern books are always they always mention like he had lovers in the past, but that was a really long time ago. They taught him a lot, but he's put that away, he's reformed like he, he has to have they have to always explain how he is like how he has sexual prowess, right, um. And it's, it's, it's
2: odd to me that, and I understand it in historicals, you know, but, but what about just, we've talked about this before and, and, and Jonathan commented on it, like what, whatever happened to instinct, whatever happened to just, you know, like, like people come together, have we've all seen Blue Lagoon, they end up producing a child. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> it's instinct. Like sometimes you just know what goes on and, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be explained, but this idea that, um, I, I mean, I, I think also there was a lot of talk, as you said, that, mm. that you found this like nothing new in this season of Bridgerton. You found that just to be like, you're, it's the same, like what was fresh last season was now stale. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people had the same comment on Mm. this season, that it's the same old stuff, right? Even though it's just season two. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you dumb shit. That's romance novels. It's the same story over and over and over again. But somehow people don't like the way that translates to film. It's easy to read like and you mentioned it last time we spoke too how how um you uh that one particular author that you like the enemies to lovers and then you thought you enjoyed that trope but then you mm-hmm. found that you only enjoyed the one author writing yeah. that particular trope mm-hmm. but you know so often i feel like
1: i just <laughs> Do we all look different? Yes, we do. <laughs> what happened? What did you do to us, Jonathan? <laughs> oh,
0: I put a, a filter on there by accident.
1: Oh, scared
2: the crab, Like looking around my room, I'm like, "There we go." I, have I gone through a time warp? Like, what's going? On? Um. No, so, like, I, I think the problem is audiences who who enjoy romance and they enjoy reading that same story over and over and over again are now like, oh, this is the same story over again. And it's like, yeah, you read the same shit every single day, but you don't <laughs> want to watch the same shit season after season after season.
1: So, uh, yeah, I think we talk about this a lot, but I think in in film and TV... You can't have the romance be the main plot. You need you need it to be the subplot. Yeah. Like, I think it usually works better. And that's why, like, the good ones, I, I think that's why they're bringing so much mm, of the mystery element. I don't know how well, not being a reader of the books, I don't know how much the the who is Lady Whistledown um, factors into the story. But I think that's why it's such on the forefront of... Um, of the season.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's, um, it, because the, the romance between the main characters needed, it needed a boost. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, and I mean, there is certainly a lot of sex in that first Bridgerton book between the two of them after they're married right and so that's what we got in that first season and i think people wanted they wanted a repeat of that mm-hmm. um and they didn't want a, a new a, a new trope which which this is all of these books are all different right they're, each sibling gets its own own mm-hmm. trope basically so um you know so they wanted the same thing but they didn't want the same thing and they're pissed about the same things, but they want this. I mean, so I, I really think it's the audience expectation is is uh, is just out of this world, you know. Particularly yeah. for this particular series, it is. Um, I, I think it's you. You cannot please everybody, and um, I, I think that the the manner. In, in which this season was done wasn't pleasing for the same audience that loved that that first season because it's a different it's a different trope you know it's a different it's a yeah. whole different thing it's not the fake romance it's enemies to lovers and it's a rake right yeah. it's not it's not the Duke who who doesn't want to come inside of his wife right which was the whole squabble of of them, after marriage, mm-hmm. so which led to what everyone calls now a rape scene between
1: between those two yeah. which,
2: which I think is actually um I, again, I think it's doing uh. <laughs> I think that's a huge injustice to women who have, who have undergone such an ordeal <laughs> um, to, to call that a particular rape scene. But yeah. in today's culture, you can't get away with not calling it a rape scene. Right. So, you know what scene I'm talking about, right? John- yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good.
0: But yes. she didn't get off him.
2: Right. Right. So like, it's just for me, I think the audience expectation has driven a lot of this and that the audience (laughs) doesn't, doesn't understand that these books don't translate the way that they want them to. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, the, the, the hot, arrogant, cocky, bold, asshole rake is a jerk. When you see him in the, on screen, he's just a jerk that that's just a gross jerk and and i think in some ways anthony kind of came off like that in in certain certain parts i liked him when he was being most vulnerable um with kate
1: yeah
2: and um i really loved him in that b scene yes i was just thinking about that he was so wonderful I- there and and that's when i felt d- the most humanity from him. And I wish they would have played upon that instead of putting him, making him go back. Like then he regressed and then it's just like, Oh God, like now we have to go through it again, you know? And, and I thought we were doing that to, to, to elongate the season, not to drive the romance or the tension. It just seemed to me like we were trying to fill time at that point because he had already been vulnerable. We saw We Mm -hmm. got the real person and now we're going, now we're regressing to full on, you know, jerk that we had at the very, at the very start.
1: And he didn't seem to do it out of fear. Like, oh, I've gone too far. Let me pull back then. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I don't know how to navigate feelings. No, it did. Yeah. It It was was just for no reason. Right. Jerk again. Yep. Yeah. I did. I did really like him as an actor though, because. Yes. You know, we see, um, even when he was being a jerk, we always get this, like, this stoic, flat facade. Like, nobody has, like, he had all the facial expressions that you read about. Yeah, Almost no man can actually perform. Yeah, But he still had the stoicism. Yes. So I thought he was really, he was the perfect, like, person to insert into any, you know, generic romance hero. Yep. I thought you can, you can see the twitching of his jaw and the clenching of his teeth and the flaring of his nostrils. You got all that. And and his eyes
2: too, like the fury, like, right. And, and, um, I, I love the chemistry he has with, um, you know, Masonly. like I want to see him and Benedict and Eloise in every scene together, <laughs> like the three of them have such great chemistry together. Um, I, I just wish there was there was more of that. Um, th- that's also a big facet of the book is the familial relationships. Um, but I I I love I love the casting of the you know the men. I just I question a lot of the women mm-hmm. who are just stale and. And styled strangely, very strangely. Kate was an exception. Yeah. And I was happy to see. um, And even, you know, when she was being um, like an overbearing older sister, Mm -hmm. you never got her being a bitch. She was never just a bitch to be a bitch. You know how you get this. Oh, I'm going to be a bitch banter and that's sexy. You know, we've yep. talked about that before, which I, I absolutely cannot stand. And she was never like that. And they didn't direct her like that. And she was always on the human side of being um, just a very concerned, um, you know, uh, uh, responsible older mm-hmm. sibling and I liked that too because I yeah. thought, Oh God, this is going to go. If she turns into a bitch, this is just going to go sideways for me. And I don't think she ever did. And no, I was happy I to see so that. Either. I was happy to see that. It made it more realistic that yes.
1: she would step aside and give up her happiness for her, for her sister.
2: Right. Yeah. I agree. And and I didn't find any of it fake. Um, her mm-hmm. her emo- emotive response to to anyone and never was fake. Um, you know, the person who annoyed me the most aside from Edwina in this particular season was Lady Danbury. Oh really i i I thought she did a tremendous job in season one, mm-hmm. and I think she was so popular they thought, oh, let's just juice up her role because she yeah. doesn't she's not really in the book as she is in this season. She doesn't take the two of them in. They have their own their okay. own home. Um, and so I thought, <clears throat> again, a very popular character, um, and we're going to give her more screen time. And I just, I was annoyed every time she appeared on screen. I just thought, if I have to take one more second of this annoying woman, I don't think she's as great character in large doses as she is in small doses.
1: Mm. You know? I thought she started out in the first few episodes of the season. She seemed sort of mean. Yeah. And, um, and then I think they backed off of that, and I didn't mind her as much, but I didn't think she had much of a presence. Um, and I think they were kind of doing the same thing over and over again, just like disapproving glances at Kate. Disapproving glances at Kate. And yes
2: and like for me i got very very upset during the wedding scene the wedding episode did you because like what the hell that was just so dragged out just to fill time
1: oh yeah after the altar and yes
2: and then she's wandering around the palace she's She's look in a cake room. She's in a jewel room. She's in her dressing room. She's in the garden. <laughs> she's in the throne room. Like, what is she just wandering around thinking about marrying this guy or not? Yeah,
1: that sort it of screams. Very, I'm writing my first indie romance. Novel. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Just like episodic. Like first, the heroine has to do something. What the hell can I make her do? Um, and yeah. then
2: people are just standing around talking. And there was no, there was no movement towards anything.
1: Right. And I had,
2: right. And I didn't know why you're standing around talking and having the same conversation in different locales. We're going to have this conversation here. Then we're going to do it again with lady Danbury here. We're going to do it with the (laughs) queen here, do it with your sister here. And then we'll have a conversation with your mother here. And it's like, boy, there's a damn six separate conversations. They're all the same. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that a lot of times when I'm reading a romance, That that does that I that's when I just throw the book out I'm like I'm done with the same fucking discussion over and over or the same argument over and over and over again and again it doesn't it I don't know why I don't know why there was that hole in the middle during that that whole episode but I really thought that it detracted from the entire season
1: Mm -hmm.
2: there was no no push forward. And, and why they styled it the way they did with the, I'm going to run away at the altar, which is such a, uh, it's just, it's a terrible, terrible, you know, trope that's so often misused. We see it all the time, don't we? Like, and, and it wasn't even in the book. So why is it there? I, I really, I don't understand the way it was scripted. And, and Because why the, the show,
1: show is about spectacle. It would not be spectacle if Edwina had witnessed this, you know, um, during one of the very many times like anybody could have caught Kate and Anthony looking at each other. Right. Since they were always like making love eyes at each other and the whole, the rest of the people in the room just apparently didn't exist. Well, and then I thought it was very weird. I think it was the epi- The
2: next episode, they're like all sitting around talking about how we're gonna have this ball, right? And yeah. we're gonna act like everything's okay, and we're gonna go to the gallery and and you know whatever. And I, th- the two made the love eyes at each other, and then Edwina's like, uh, how could I be so stupid? Have you, you know, our like, is this the way that you two always act?" And I was like, "It's a little late for that." Mm -hmm. for that attitude and that comment. Like Mm -hmm. it was so unfitting for what had occurred, like for the last six episodes,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you know, I just, it was uneven. It was uneven for me. Um, And I thought poorly done, um, you know, for, for everything from the superficial costuming to, um, to that, those giant sort of, you know, stale plot lapses, the only thing that I thought was better and which made sense to me was the chemistry between the two main characters. Mm -hmm. Then, then I could forgive the fantasy land, the Lisa Frank Regency. Then, you know, because I had this, I, I saw the love interest season. I saw nothing. It was just completely stale and shit acting. And I was like, why am I even watching this weird pageantry of fake Regency on TV and this, and then when I, I texted you and I was like, this season is so much better for me. It was because of that chemistry yeah. between the two main characters. Like you felt it. You felt, mm-hmm. I th- I did at least Anthony and Kate, like coming together. Um, except that again, lackluster when they finally physically did come together. I thought it was very lackluster.
1: I agree. I think there was, I think there was also, I mean, like you mentioned the heavy breathing. I think there were four scenes where he's just whispering into her ear and neck. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I could have, I think we could have used a little bit of, like, I I think I am a gentleman is supposed to be repeated as if he's saying a mantra to himself. Yeah,
2: exactly. But yeah. it
1: didn't quite feel that way. No. It felt like do they know they're regurgitating the same line? Right. Or is this for effect? Because I'm kind of embarrassed for the writer. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> I, get, th- I think they didn't do it. He didn't do it enough. Or he did it too much. It's well, like there's this weird
2: What's um, strange too is that he never like um. he never got Oh, uh, you see him paying the prostitutes and whatever. Right. And like mm-hmm. last season he was like, like a sexy motherfucker and he was a rake and this season we know he is and we sort mm-hmm. of see it, but we don't, we don't hear it. He's not talking like it. he's not behaving that way. All of a sudden he's grown up and he's going to get married. Right. And he's yeah. going to do family duty. And then when they're in the library at his country house, he yeah. says to her. All the like I could teach you, or do you know how many ways there are to seduce a woman? And I was like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, yes, it was so weird and sexual out of nowhere. Because their right. their coming together was not a sexual. There was sexual tension, but their coming together was a falling in love, not yeah. a falling in lust. Right. So for him to have said that, it was so weirdly out of character for the two of them. And for that moment, I was like, what the shit? Now he's a rake again? Like, insert weird, sexy sentence, and then never again. Mm-hmm. I mean, did, did you find that jarring?
1: Um, I did. I didn't pick up on the fact that I, I just... Okay, so I'm not a big sexual attraction person so Jonathan and I talk about this like I I have to be in love with the person to feel like sexy feelings so I'm not the best person to ask like I don't I'm not the type that sees a guy with a shirt off and is like that's hot I want that oh oh, no
2: I've never been that way either
1: no I am so I feel like I'm always not in the loop when people are talking about sexy things so to me that was very (sighs) like he yeah he's grown out of his rakedom at this point and now he's like the starchy uptight guy so when you bring if when you bring up sex it's just kind of gross and off-putting at this point. right
2: it was it was gross Um, to me
1: yeah but i didn't like i just assumed that was me
2: no 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 no. And listen, I don't think there's anything <laughs> abnormal or wrong by okay. wanting by wanting a, an, an intimate connection with someone to feel physically attracted to them. <laughs> like I think that's I think that in fact is is more normal than than just seeing someone on the street
1: and being like, "Oh, that's
2: that's well, what I, know, I want." I think that's a very immature mind.
1: Every well, contemporary is written like I know. Uh, oh, sweaty guy, I want to lick his sweat off. I'm like... It's disgusting and weird. I must be the only person who doesn't think that when I see a sweaty,
2: hot guy. No. And, yeah. This is why I find the whole, like, Channing Tatum thing, obsession that people have, utterly disgusting, because I don't get the some guy dances without a shirt and I, that's oh, mean sexy. Magic, the whole magic. Yeah. The whole magic yeah. It, like that is gross to me. Uh-huh. Like, I, yep. I, It's disgusting. Like I just, I, I don't find anything sexually attractive about any of that whatsoever. No, and I, I, I think that's, I mean, it's, it's the same as men who go to, you know, who find, you know, the sort of you know, strip strip clubs and strippers attractive it's it's immature and it's lowbrow and it's it's of an immature mind and it's very superficial and we are not that woman and we're not writing for that woman
1: yeah like I try to put it in and it's just it's so it's very foreign like my character now is not like me she is more lowbrow and she's like she I mean proud of being lowbrow but still like I don't know. I can I have a hard time writing like that. I
2: mean, I, I will see someone and I can say, Oh, that person is good looking, but is it a sexual attraction? No. Yeah. You know? And so for me, for, for my characters, it's an acknowledgement that yes, this person is physically attractive, but are they immediately like, Oh, I need to just hop on that dick. No like that's crazy like that's just and and I know that a lot of contemporaries are written that way mm-hmm. and I find it disgusting I don't I think it's just written by a bunch of uptight women who who like honestly who are who are sexually um you know and I'm going to say this and people can yell at me who who just aren't sexually unfulfilled because they don't understand the the vast array of, of physical attraction and it's 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 like it's like men who just watch porn or just see strippers and they're like oh that's it man you know like that's all that's that's what it is that's so superficial that's that's the tip of the iceberg of sexuality
1: right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean I think a lot of people see that as like, this is what, this is what it means to be a feminist and misguidedly so. No. But this is, this is the modern feminism. We can objectify men too. And even if it's not, if it's in a way that you do appreciate their mind, but you still like want to lick their bodies all over because their nipples are hard. Like,
2: uh. like right now I'm I'm cringing. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yuck. I mean, it's um, because it, it is like that. It is like that. And it's for me, you, you can't you. And we've talked about this before. You cannot you cannot get angry when men objectify women. If you're going to objectify men, it doesn't make you powerful to do the same thing.
1: No, it doesn't that
2: that you're rallying against. It just mm-hmm. makes you an asshole because you're doing the same exact thing that you get mad at other people for doing. It's hypocritical. Yeah. And that's not,
1: that's
2: yeah, it's childish. It's superficial. That's not powerful. It's not sexy. It's not being a feminist. Um, you know, and, and also feminism doesn't have to be, and and my, my mom and I watch TV together when she's in town and we get very angry when feminism (laughs) becomes women who just put down men which we see a lot of on TV, like women who deride men for no reason whatsoever. Like, um, you know, like I was watching Vikings Valhalla, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple of weeks ago and there was a scene where these, these two characters, uh, make love and he expresses that he, wants to marry her, and she's sort of, you know, surprised, like, he's like, no, I'm in, totally in love with you, you're you're, you're just who I want to be with, and then she's like, oh, well, you know, like, she kind of acquiesces to that, and then the next scene, she, um... This
1: is when she blinds him? Uh, is that the one? No, no. Okay. <laughs> that might be a different show. <laughs> right. No, shows that's, that's the Jonathan show. Watched.
0: That's the show, but that's not what she's talking You're You're oh, okay. thinking of when eric the red got blinded but that's not what she's talking about Oh,
1: okay sorry no and well the,
2: the, anyhow the next scene it's it's like they're 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 fighting and and he's like you've got to get out of here i'm worried about you and she's like fuck you protect yourself i you know i'm like dude he loves you he doesn't want you to get like hurt like why are you like screaming at him You know, like, Uh, and that was like her being strong, feminist, in charge woman. And I'm like, that is no way to treat someone who has just like told you that he wants to spend the rest of his fucking life with you. Like, and is concerned about your physical, like, well-being. You don't turn around and be like, fuck you. I can take care of myself. That's not empowering. That's being a shitty person. And I'm very happy that Bridgerton, like I said, never went that way with Kate. She never turned into a shitty person. Yeah, she was strong. She was intelligent. She had a backbone, but she never turned into a shitty person and treated Anthony like an asshole. Yeah, and I was happy to see that, even in the the big pal mal match, right? Um, she she was uh, confident, but not cocky and rude, right? Mm-hmm. And I liked that. Um, I thought that was a very, very good way to show a a strong female personality rather than this, like, I'm going to put you down and I'm going to, I'm going to get you, you know, I'm going to show you who's in charge, man. It's like, I am so tired of seeing those women. It's so grotesque to me.
1: Yes.
0: We have a, we have a croquet set, don't we? I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs)
2: we must play we must play when we meet up
0: um all right so was there we pretty much touched the first few questions here so the world wasn't built that great Uh, (laughs) No.
1: to me the world was built like like negative 100 bad yeah (laughs) Yeah, But they were trying to. Like, I don't appreciate it. It's not for me. Obviously, it is making Netflix a whole lot of money. Yeah, it so is. And making a lot of people money. And they're making a lot of people happy. So I'm not going to say it's the wrong choice. All of their choices of building this world from, like, the Vitamin String Quartet, which I enjoyed last season. But I think maybe the songs were more obscure. Um, I didn't like it as much this season, but I think like the whole, you know, the world. They were, I mean, they were pretty. I don't know how to answer this question.
0: (laughs) I, I you guys, I don't,
2: I don't like the world, but I understand the attraction of this world. Um, Yeah, and and I don't. It is not. The world of romance that I want to be in—it's not a Regency that that I want to be in. Um, and and what I don't like—and I'll tell you this—um, I, I don't like the overt, um, borrowing or or overt references to to uh, 1995 Pride and Prejudice. I feel like everyone yeah. keeps trying to be that. And if you want to be that, you got to do something that's going to outdo it. You can't just mimic. You can't just mimic. Right.
1: Biden like hudges. the the crawling out of the water and the yep. wet shirt. The like, wet shirt. Don't just put the same scene in. Nope. Yep. And then last season, it was that,
2: you know, the hand, the hand touch clench. Yes. And I was like, that is not nearly as hot. No. As what, and that will actually, that was, that was. Two thousand five, Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, but still, like that was not nearly as hot as Matthew McFadden's Hand mm-hmm. clutch. Like mm-hmm. nothing could come close to that, and they kept trying to, to, to make that into something that it 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 was completely lacking. Yeah, and, and so, you know, for me, if you're going to do something, then then pay homage to it, but redo it brilliantly. Don't just do the same thing. Right. So that bothers me. I don't like the the it's it's not clever. By the writers or the director.
1: No, but this is not a clever show in general. No, it's not. I think this is um, this is, you know, your entry level. This is like, you know, your first sales job working at enterprise rental car. This (laughs) is not like you selling million dollar properties and, you know, Lamborghinis and I don't know, whatever else high end (laughs) for rich people buy. It's high end that requires very good salespeople to sell them. The script for
2: the the for Emma. Right. Was clever. And based yes. on Jane Austen's work, the direction of that film was clever and witty. The costuming was clever and witty. Everything yeah. about that film was was perfectly done. Yeah. And and it was still um was still, I want to say it was still real. I mean, it didn't, it, it didn't have to go off into this veer into this weird fantasy land to make a point because they were able to make the point without doing any of that. Right. Yeah. And, and I, Clueless I
1: th- was the same.
2: Clueless was the same. Clueless was, Oh God. I just, I really think that, that in retrospect, people, people are just beginning to to understand how brilliant that production was overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely phenomenal. And and it, it still holds today, obviously. It's still a cultural touchstone for even yeah. younger generations.
0: Yep. All right. So was there a favorite part for anybody? Yeah. Was it the was it the beast thing?
1: I have to think about this. Jonathan, what's your favorite part? Because um, I know you have one.
0: And what you is it? I don't remember
1: what it is. I, I'm going to say it's Colin and uh, Mr. Mondrich. It oh. is. <laughs> the, the sort of the the
2: bromance that was mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too.
0: Mr. Mo- is that the boxer? Yeah. Yeah, I did like when Colin exposed the Ponzi scheme. And he I, I like that Colin got some uh Colin got some love in this season. And I think if the Duke had been in this season, he would have been the one who discovered the Ponzi scheme and saved the day and Colin would just would have been the lost Cunningham. <laughs> but, I
2: don't I don't like Colin because I don't like the way he treats Penelope.
0: Well, Penelope sucks, so who cares? <gasps>
1: I love Penelope. <laughs> I'm not going to say she doesn't suck, but I am very much enjoying her because to me, she seems like people talk about how she doesn't have much of a character arc. I like. I disagree. I totally, I, yeah, I totally disagree. Well, I think it, she is turning into such a great villain. It's yeah, like glorious to watch. Right. and I love watching her struggle and like I think probably next season it's going to be all about her like her triumph over you know her potentially having an evil mind she's going to get good but like you know we see all these stories especially historicals where there's you know there's old people in them and it's sort of as a subplot like two old women hate each other and they're mortal enemies and like I feel like this is like an origin story right, to right. like old Eloise and yes. old Penelope. These like two old like dowagers who hate each other yes. and are like trying to keep their grandchildren away because we like our families do not mix. Yeah, and I, so that's how I look at those two. And Penelope, she's just so jilted, and she's coming from this background where she's always been jilted as a daughter and now she's jilted in love and she is like she is like her claws are coming out and I love seeing a woman's claws come out like even if it's to other women like I don't care
2: when they're smart and clever yes yes genius about it right yeah yeah and that's why I like her too um and that's why I love that that comedy skit that I sent you Mm-hmm. Where again, she's like, "I will ruin you," and I'm like, well, "That should have been. That should have been Bridgerton. Like, why was that scene? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what we should be getting from this. Like, if the, the show is so over the top, why are we not getting that over the top um, business? That yeah, that could have been done. That would have made that so much more, so much more interesting and meaty, right?" Yeah. Like, and I love Eloise and Penelope together. Mm-hmm. I love that their friendship isn't this like, um, you know, we're gonna have a fucking knitting
1: circle and drink tea and talk about babies, yeah, you see the desperation like, I mean, I remember being like in high school, and I had like one friend who got me, and she still didn't even really get me, but like one friend that I knew, like. We weren't like the other girls and I know that's a horrible thing to say. Like you're not like the other no, girls. No, I I, have I had never that been like the other girls. No. I have no. never been basic. I've always been like the weird person who is like not in society. I'm always like set apart from all the other women and like so this like one person and like the desperation to like be around your other people. Um it's like we were watching uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee and he was telling the story I don't know it was another comedian that Jerry was talking to and they were at a party together
0: well that's the Is Chris Rock
1: yeah it was Chris Rock and Chris Rock walked <laughs> over to Jerry Seinfeld it was like a sea of actors and he was like comedian <laughs> he's like he just <laughs> needed to be around a comedian and like I get that feeling, like when you're when you find your people and they're like you're both not like the other people in the room. Well and, right.
0: and that's I had especially that true now. With you them. What?
1: Oh yeah. Definitely true now with them.
0: The comedians have banded <laughs> together. Oh
2: damn.
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. That is
1: as, that's as
0: they should have.
1: <laughs> um uh but yeah, and that's how I feel like that's how Eloise Feels whenever she sees Penelope, it's like comedian, right? What? And, you, you and they're your not people,
2: and they talk about them being wallflowers, uh, like Penelope yeah. being. And I don't see them as wallflowers. I see them as very active, ingenious, industrious women. Yeah, who who happen to be exist in this very liminal space, mm-hmm. um, in the society, and. And like I, I said, I had that friend too. Um. And, and you just, and I, I've only ever had one friend like that who I just, y- they, they just know they, you just, this is your person. They know yeah. you and, and you can be you. And that's why yeah. I love that relationship because it's, it's not superficial. It's not based on baking and children and, and small, cute pets and other bullshit that women think <laughs> bonds them. It's it's based on something that's that's much deeper,
1: right? Um, Drinking and, wine is the big is the big one in the
2: right, <laughs> right? Drinking wine, and I, uh, I, I don't I I don't understand that because I've never had that kind of relationship with another woman. But I understand Eloise and Penelope immediately. I get mm-hmm. them. They're they're off. They're different. They're weird. I'm off. I'm different. I'm weird. You're off. Mm-hmm. You're different. You're weird. Mm-hmm. And and they've bought that friend that's off and different and weird, and and they can just be together. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. And it's also, um, in it, they encourage one another. Yeah. And not in these trite. Um, superficial female ways that that happen in other romance novels, mm-hmm.
1: um, where it's, you <laughs> know, like, oh, Annabelle, your boobs are just so big, you're just perfect, right? Oh, God, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> your your cheeks blush, just the rosiest hue, and that makes about the you a Clayton's wonderful books? person. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, but it's <laughs> all of them. It's it is all of them. <laughs> It is. It's and it, it it's might be horrible. worse in contemporaries. In contemporaries, it's like you go, girl, objectify that dude. Like right, it's right. The same thing. Only it's not knitting. It's like fucking random men. Right. Like the, <laughs> self-congratulatory and.
2: I, and uh, <laughs> I mean, I often wonder when I go out and I go out to eat. Um, you know, a lot on my own, and I'm up. Mm-hmm. At- out and about a lot on my own.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I, am a people watcher, you know? And so Mm -hmm. like, I see these groups of women and, and I think to myself, my God, are they those people? Are they that (laughs) group? Right? Like that's just bonding over weird superficial shit and, and it doesn't go any deeper. And, and I think, I think a lot of times it is, I think because a lot of people have have difficulties being vulnerable you know, yeah. and and it takes a lot of vulnerability to be different.
1: it does, and to I, exist
2: in liminal space.
1: I have a lot of female friends, especially for somebody who's an introvert and not a people person. but I have a lot of friends because I'm involved in so many things. but um, and they're all we are from all walks of life. We all like different things. I'm the only one who's like as weird as i am but we all bond in some way because we are all vulnerable like you mm-hmm. you can't get to know and that's why my friends are my friends like we're all totally different but we're all willing to we don't just talk about mm-hmm. wine and tea we talk about like crap that matters
2: you you um, and you are you yeah you are you and yes. i think so many people in this world have a problem being who they are. I I agree. And, and I would venture to say that most people still don't know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at ad, advanced ages, they don't know who they are. Yeah. And uh, this, and then I think they, they try to enact an idea of who they think they should be. And I see a lot of that on Instagram, obviously. Oh yeah. You know, if I say these things, if I, if I appeal to this cause, if I use these buzzwords, if I'm talking about this on my feed, if Black Lives <laughs> Matter, if all of a sudden I'm supporting, you know, I didn't even know Ukraine was a country. I didn't even know who <laughs> Putin was. But all of a sudden I'm, I'm all about, you know, stopping this war. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Political like,
0: fashion. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And political fashion, social fashion, um, you know, fashion, fashion. W- you know, you see a lot of people doing that thing. And um and it's it's very clear the older one gets it's very obvious those people who are truly themselves mm-hmm. and those people who who have no clue who absolutely have no clue yeah and then that's why I love these two girls together um, and I just wish Ian the Eloise would be styled <laughs> uh, properly but you know, I, I love the the two of them together, and mm. and I even love um, Benedict, the brother Benedict.
1: Yeah,
0: I did um, too. I, mm.
2: I think he's so fantastic, and you know, I, I you know the second brother is so much more lucky than the first. I mean, it's it's yes. Prince, it's Prince Harry to Prince William. I don't give a fuck. I'll do what I want. I'll marry yeah. Meghan Markle. I'm leaving the family. I'm leaving the country. I'm moving to Hollywood. You know, like it's yeah. you know, the second brothers always so much more fun. But um I love I love this actor. I love the dynamic. Um I think I think that appeals to me about this show. Um all of the scenes he was in when he got what, does he take mushrooms or something in yeah. this scene? Like yeah. whatever he drank, <laughs> I loved when he was all fucked up, you know, like totally high. Um, I thought that was outstanding. I wanted more of that. I I love that, you know, sort of over the topness. But um, and his bond with Eloise.
1: Yes. Did you mention that? Yes. Yeah. And I just.
2: And and Daphne, I, 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 she's a low point for me. Anytime she appears on screen, yeah, um,
1: like I, I could, feel like she's she's everybody's guilt. Like walking onto the screen, like she's, yes, I don't want to see that.
2: In a nightgown, she always looks like she's in a nightgown.
1: Yeah, she's like, Wendy from Peter Pan. She is exactly
2: Wendy she's lady exactly that <laughs> totally. That's exactly what she looks like all the time. Drives me crazy. I'm like, this woman <laughs> is a duchess, and she's wearing a fucking nightgown. gown. Like, I, I don't yeah. get it. Like, yeah. like I don't understand how how every other person is styled so much more than than she is.
0: Well, now do you understand Tinkerbell's point of view?
1: <laughs> oh, <How> I, <always laughs> I do, I Tinkerbell. do. Tinkerbell <laughs> is so much hotter than Wendy. She really is. I was She's magical. Always, I know. I was always team Tinkerbell.
0: Well, in the movie, too. Julia Roberts and some English lady.
1: Well, Maggie Smith doesn't compare to Julia Roberts.
0: No. Well, no. Not. No. Young I guess it, was Smith, it. it wasn't. It but... wasn't Wendy. It wasn't Wendy. Peter Pan was married to her. I forgot about that. Yeah. I try to tell my middle school students like I made them watch all the movies that I grew up with.
1: Where people die. I
0: was like, you have to watch Hook. Like, why? I was like, just watch it. Like, why did you make us watch that? (laughs) Like, I didn't make you do anything. But (laughs) that's what we had. And that's why we're different than you.
2: (laughs) That's why we're different than you. (laughs) Because Because we're we're not watching Bridgerton.
0: Well, they can't watch Bridgerton. They're I guess they could They're middle school They shouldn't it's not I for teach
1: some pretty progressive students And I'm always recommending movies And then realizing oh you are 6th graders <laughs> But I'm still shocked that they're, they're like mm, We're not allowed to watch rated R I just assume that everybody's allowed to re- Watch rated R films If it's like rated R for a
0: good reason
2: <laughs> Right Like why would they be <laughs>
1: But, did we?
0: Um, did you two say your favorite part? I don't think you did.
1: Oh. Mm. Okay, I'll say mine because it's something we haven't talked about yet. One of my f- one of my favorite aspects of this season was um, Eloise and Theo Sharp. I think his name. Oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, so I love her. I they're love their scenes her together. The, the the printer. The printer dude who's in the the wrong class for her i wish i i hope that gets explored more i don't know if it will i i wish it was explored more in the season um but i i really like them together and i like that, that was her awakening to romance
2: yeah i like when he gave her the books yeah that was romantic yeah that was very romantic mm-hmm I'm going to, I'm just, I, you know, I'm going to have to say I liked, um, I guess the, I guess I liked the B scene. Yeah. I guess that was my favorite scene. I thought that was so much more sexually intense because of his vulnerability than the scene where he's like, oh, the ways that I know how to seduce a woman. And I was like, dude, gross, gross, Mm -hmm. like back off. (laughs) It was it was so much more intense for me, and I I I wish it I wish the rest of the season had gone in that direction, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, instead we got that weird wedding. Some
0: in, <laughs> intense scene was when the dad died,
1: oh, and then yeah.
0: immediately the weight of the world was on him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I liked that.
0: Like yeah, yeah, I did too. Mm-hmm. But you, like, they did a good job of making you feel how heavy that was.
1: Yeah,
0: and yeah. He instantly had this huge burden. Of and
2: then everyone's asking him, "We need to do this. We need to do that. We need." He's just like, "All right." He's like, like, like
0: eighteen years old and is just watch his dad die. Right. That's. This is not the time for that. But right. back then it, it was because you had shit to run.
1: Right. I, I love the fact that everybody's on board with this. Like you go to Eton with your, your school pals, you grow up with them in the boarding school. And then like everyone knows immediately to like call you by a different name. <laughs> and, and I, I think that like, it is an immediate, like, like you are a different person now entirely. Right. Like, even if you were raised to take on this role, like now that you're suddenly thrust into this role, yeah, it's it's weighty. Well,
2: this is the basis of, of Queen Elizabeth's life, right? Yeah. You know?
1: Um she twenty one?
2: Twenty six? I don't remember. Oh, some she was in her twenties mm-hmm. when her dad died. And and that was it, and I mean, they weren't even meant to be she wasn't even meant to be queen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: her father was never meant to be king
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then there was the abdication, and then uh, yeah. and then she's thrust into this this role at such an early age and 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 you know i i i i guess. You know when I I remember watching um, Princess Die and and Charles get married when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and um, and I watched it. I was in Germany at the time, and the next door neighbor was a British woman, and she had us over for tea, and we watched <laughs> it. I was she had cable, which was a big deal, right? Like <laughs> at that time, and um, we watched it and. And I remember having this very sort of like you know American view of of this very sort of hostile old woman,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and as I learned more about the history of that particular family um, and and came to understand the role that the royal family plays within, you know, British society and so on and so forth. I, you know, she took on an entirely different, um, view in my imagination, you know, like just different persona. And, and I think it was the same effect that we're seeing, um, you know, in, in Bridgerton, I mean, obviously played out at a completely different level, but it is all of a sudden somebody dies and then you are this other thing. Mm-hmm. You, you're not even who you are. You're a thing. Yeah. You are a title and a position, a crown, rather yeah. than a person, a woman, a wife, a mother, um, a sister. and And I think... That that in in the in the short time period that we had to see that in Bridgerton, I thought it was very elegantly done. Um, you know, w- when one watches The Crown on TV, that takes episodes and episodes and seasons and seasons to play out. And it's still yeah. not done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see this encapsulated in this very, very well, I thought. Written and well directed moment in Bridgerton.
0: So mm-hmm. I'm glad
2: you, I'm glad you brought that up. That was a good, that was a really great scene.
0: All right. So getting close to the end here. Did anyone have a favorite character? Megan. I'm thinking. Mine was Colin. <laughs> no.
1: I am dreading I like, Colin's
2: season. I just don't like him. Ugh, I like
0: him. I liked, I liked Benedict.
2: I like Benedict.
0: And if, I mean, if there's going to be a, a feud with Eloise and Penelope, I'm going with Eloise.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too.
0: But it is really cool, like, how it ends with, is Penelope going to be a villain? Well, she or can't
1: be because I don't know if they're going in order of the books. I think they've already jumped that shark, right? Because well, yeah, the, yeah. the books don't matter doesn't. anymore. That's true. No, no,
0: they can do what they want.
1: I wonder, but, uh, probably Benedict will be next. I think so. Yeah, um, I feel like Colin needs to, to grow up a little bit more. <clears throat>
2: I just, I can't, I just have a hard time. I don't, maybe it's the actor. I just don't, eh. every time he comes on screen, I'm just so bored. I'm so bored with him. I don't like looking at him. I'm just, I'm being very critical for no reason. <laughs> and he's, there's nothing wrong with the way that he looks. There's just something about him in this role that I just don't like. Um, I guess my favorite character was Kate. Kate. I just, I, I don't know. I've just have such a crush on her. She's just so pretty. I I really, everything about her is just beautiful.
0: Were her eyes purple the first time we saw her? Were they? I think.
1: (laughs) Almost violet. Is that an ode to the violet-eyed heroine? (laughs) (laughs) It could be. popular. Um,
0: And then they were brown the rest of the time.
1: I don't remember. I didn't notice that. Not that I didn't remember, but I didn't notice that. Um, I, I'm going to go with Anthony because I really like a guy who is just determined to do what is right, regardless of how he feels.
0: They both were.
1: Yeah.
2: But do you like that guy to come around and then follow his heart? Or do you want to see that played out to the fullest?
1: I love how close he came. Uh, I don't. He needs to be on his knees at some point. I don't care how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> he needs like that's the kind of guy that's like because the the guy that's like I feel like Colin. It wouldn't take anything to bring him to his knees. Like no. he just needs a beautiful yeah. woman, right? Like, right. Give him a beautiful woman and he'll he'll fall down at her feet, right? Um, but like these strong guys that have that are determined to do what is in their head, this one particular thing, and that will make the world right. And then the woman comes along and then, and she gives him a different view of what life could be. And he's, you know, uh, arguing with her or arguing against his position or whatever it is. Like, I I don't care how it happens. Just, I need to see him. And I don't care if he's a rake, like Sebastian, St. Saint, Saint Vincent's a rake, but it took that one woman, the one stuttering chubby girl <laughs> to bring him to his knees yeah. and, uh, and like give him a different view of life. And I I love that. And so But that, here's the I, I thing, like... is the, the,
2: what was fine about St. Vincent yeah. was that We know he didn't treat her like a rake would have treated. Right. He treated her beautifully and elegantly from the very start. And, and, you know, like what we get from Anthony
1: Mm
2: -hmm. to go back to why I think people were so upset with the rake aspect of him is that he, he's, 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 he knows he's not in love with the woman that he's pursuing, but you know he is in love with this other person. So, like the, the two women involved, I think people
1: had a problem,
2: you know, understanding.
1: Well, I didn't. That. I didn't have a problem with it because I thought like the other woman, who that woman was, didn't matter. Like she wasn't right. a person to him. She was just more duty. She was Correct. just more paperwork. Correct. She
2: was right. She was just a, an extension of his duty.
0: Yeah, I yeah. don't. And I don't think
2: obligation.
0: I don't think St. Vincent is a good comparison to Anthony, though, because St. Vincent is more like he's a yeah, he's a rake, but he was more like the Featherington guy because he was had no money and he was scheming how to get money.
2: But he That's- wasn't but he wasn't scheming when she came to him. No. Yeah. I mean, that was her scheming.
0: Yes. It's it's just he doesn't compare to anybody.
1: No, he doesn't. It it was a bad comparison, but he's the only. He's like he's the most rakish of the rakes. Yes,
0: Saint Vincent. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. But you're right. You're right. But we never we never see him being a, a rake. No, you know, in the books either. You hear about it, but you don't see it. I was yeah. reading a book. Um, God, I don't have it. I'm looking. I have like a stack of books in front of me, and it's the one that I don't have. Um, so I can't remember the author. But there's a. It was written in 2001. <sighs> there's a rake at the center of it, um, and and you see him going through at the beginning of the book the rakish activities, <laughs> and it's disgusting. Oh, really? It's just gross. Like the the things that he's doing. And then I'm supposed to read a love story about him. It was hard. It was a hard, it was, it was just, there's a difference between like, Hey, this guy's a rake. And then like, like actually like you know, going through the description Mm -hmm. of the things that he's done. And he belongs to this, this, the sex club. And like, Oh my, like, it was just a lot to take in yeah. before like um, then I was supposed to root for him? Yikes. It was hard.
1: Have you read there's a book that they talk about on the Faded Maids podcast all the time, and I'm not sure the name of it. I haven't read it, but it's like a real rakish guy. He has he um for some reason he has to be the um the the guardian of these two little girls. And then, and their governess, and he ends up with the governess. And in the, like, there's a scene where the girls find his, like, his sex dungeon. <laughs> and they're, like, swinging on his sex swing because they think it's, like, a regular swing. Have you read? Do you know what book I'm talking about? No, but it's you know what? It, and it's it really popular. Familiar. I was
2: just going to say it sounds familiar to me.
1: Yeah, <sighs> the, the two
2: girls and the governess, but I didn't know about the sex swing scene.
1: I, I hear about that, and I, I don't. I don't know if I can ever read that. Like, no, it's I gross. Don't care it's gross. Because then I just, I'm just thinking about like, who's wiping these things down. Like, are the girls <laughs> sitting in, like, a pool of cum? Like, what is... <laughs> I can't get past the logistics. But what
2: I can't get past
1: is, is
2: for me, that that isn't being... Like, that's a whole lifestyle. Yeah. That's a very conscious lifestyle. You don't just not meet somebody and not do that anymore. Either yes. you bring that person into it... Or you don't you ignore this person and you still do this other thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like like people who are into that and like this guy yeah. in the sex club scene and it's not just like, oh, I fucked so many women, I'm bored with it now. No, no, no. It's in so kink, can you excited.
1: find in kink you find the person who's like with like who's the plus or minus to whatever kink you enjoy and that's where your attraction comes from it's not because like this beautiful woman i want to introduce her to pony play like it's no i'm really into pony play i don't care who's gonna be the pony like it could be just anybody like as yeah. long as they play the pony, how I want them pony to be played. Like that's right. What, that's how the relationship starts.
2: Right. Like there's yeah. you can't you can't bring somebody out of that by being like a, a, a sweet, you know, succulent mm-hmm. virgin. Yeah. No. Like you don't. Like no one's no one's closing up the sex dungeon, you know. And and like I'm never going back there. Like right. that's not happening. <laughs> if you have a sex dungeon. You're, you're fucking balls deep into that behavior, right? Like There's no easy way out. If, if you've got a dedicated sex dungeon, there's no easy way out of that. That,
1: that rape yeah.
2: And so I cannot buy that. And then it also grosses me out. Like if you just, if I, if I were dating someone, I discovered they had a fucking sex dungeon. I'd be out. I'd be like, yeah, we're done. I don't, we're done. Because it's weird to me I'm not into that so that's weird to me like other people find that perfectly acceptable cool like I'm fine with them finding that acceptable it's weird to me because I don't want to be in a sex dungeon that's not what turns me on Yeah, you know like so like I would be like no no I think not and like how many other women have, like have you know what I mean because clearly you've built a room in your fucking house
1: for this one. if thing. you built a room you're not bringing dates back to that room like not exactly. casual dates that you meet on exactly. not the swipey thing right so it's swipe, it's swipe swipe left it's like whatever. a whole
2: disgusting like sensibility that people just don't let go of because they meet a, a pretty virgin and that's what i don't understand about the rake trope like it like It goes, it's a difference between St. Vincent, oh, he's such a rake and he's very smooth, to this man, like, children are playing in a sex dungeon. And you still acceptable.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair to whatever that book is, um, and you can email us the title of that book if you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it could be that the governess is, like, a submissive and, like it just happens to work out perfectly. I don't know. I don't know either. I've never read it. Or it could be written as he is this like, you know, Duke or Earl or whatever he is. And he, he is, I don't know. People think of kink as like the next step, like after rakedom. like you, you do, you have all these sex, what's left? Oh, like, I don't know. Kink, like that's the next step. Like that's going farther. But yeah, I think hardly any writer, even people that are writing about it, which I'm writing about it now, um, people writing about it, like, just don't understand that that's a totally different, like, that's not the next level of, you know, sexual activity.
2: No. and, and something that's totally something different. different. Exactly. It's something completely different. And I think that Shades of Grey has taught people that this, that kink, um, yeah, in one way, it's acceptable, but it, but I think it's given the wrong idea of that that um that world of sexuality.
1: yeah, and I don't really, I don't think don't it understand. often has a place in romance because Correct. it's not a romantic thing
2: no, it's it's it erotica
1: yes. yeah, yeah.
2: Erotica, yes, because that's and that's a whole I mean, that's not even. You know, but, yeah, you know, like, but you're right. Like, and I don't understand, you know, when, when, when authors do incorporate it into romances, I don't understand how it works because, um, it, to me, you know, if I'm falling in love with somebody and I'm with them for the first time, I don't want to be hogtied. <laughs> Like it's, that's that's not an option for the first date. And, and, And I find that so hard to make that leap when I read these things, right? Don't you know what I'm talking about? You're yeah, and and I think that a lot of people also imagine that activity because I do believe that there's a lot of people writing about it who who don't have experience with it and yeah. they imagine that activity to be be quite different. Yes, what that activity is in real life and what that culture is
1: or that subculture the culture is, is very like kind of mundane. Like, to write about it honestly, because I've I've been researching this very heavily, and, like, uh, I, it's not, like, even when it's done well, like, you can't write it in a sexy way. Like, it's just not, unless you, like, all of your readers are into that particular kink. And even the writers who, like, my favorite writer, Tiffany Rice, she writes about a sex club, And all like her three characters, her unholy trinity of characters, like are in this lifestyle. She doesn't write about the scenes. Like she's not she's an erotic writer who rarely puts sex on the page. Mm -hmm. Because the idea is sexier than the actual actual, sex. It is. It's not because the actual sex is just transactional. Like you decide everything you're gonna say and do beforehand, you write it all out, you don't go off script like right. you plan everything down to the minute that is not sexy to write about right. in a romance right.
2: no and i i think that that you know the the way that it it was used in shades of gray is not the way that that people who enjoy that activity use it at right. all right. it's not it is not about love it is not yeah. about protection. It's not about being vulnerable um, mm-hmm. in the ways that that people think that it is. And what bothers me is that there's this trend of kink now um, that I see everywhere, not just in in romance literature and so on and so forth, but um, I'm seeing it in um, you know in fashion and lingerie. Like, yeah. so much stuff is like like a bondage bra and, right. you know, like bondage panty And I'm like, what the f- God, why are these p- like, why does it look like when I put on this bra that I'm like, like that I'm being hogtied Like, yeah. it's so odd to me that this is translated into something that seems so, and I don't want to say permissible because I'm not, I'm not judging people on their thing, but that's, that's so pervasive um, without people really understanding what exactly it is, and and I yeah, um, it's
1: a weird fetishism of the fetish,
2: right? Like without actually it's exactly knowing without actually knowing what the fetish is. This it's, is it's, like it's, saying I like really it's, I
1: really like women in saris, but I know nothing about Indian culture.
2: Right. It's Lisa Frank. It's the exactly Lisa Frank bondage yeah. and and mm. and and all that. And what really. Um, frustrates me about that that culture too, is that um, you know, I had a, a friend who was a photographer that used to go down to Detroit to this sex show every year and and take pictures, and um, you know, he'd he'd come back and he'd have this portfolio of work and he'd be like, oh, and there's this guy, you know, and he had like this this girl on a leash and she was like on all fours and he was like leading her around and it just' shocking. I was like, that's not, that's not fucking shocking. Have you ever read anything about Caligula? Have you read anything about Louis Fourteenth? Like this is not, this is not shocking. This is, this is mundane, boring bullshit. That's yeah. not atrocious, crazy, kinky, weird, perverted behavior. I was like, this no, is... No, it's not. Boring, and like the mundane, mindset of the
1: woman doing bullshit. that is... Is like, like, very like, I don't know. It's like very like reverent and peaceful and like lovely for the participants. Like, and it's like it's totally removed from sex. A lot of these acts are like, yeah, absolutely, totally not to with sex
2: whatsoever. Yeah, and and it just it bothers me how how provocative people think they're being when yeah. they, when they write about these things or they try to portray them in a certain way. And I'm like, you're not, this is not provocative. You know, what's yeah. provocative vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That's provocative. People being people is provocative. Not, not this other bullshit, not dressing up as a sex slave and sitting in a cage. That's just trite bullshit that I can buy at Victoria's secret. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. All right. So, last question.
2: <laughs> Jonathan, like Let's just get this shit over with. <laughs>
1: we have Bridgerton and 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 kink in one episode. It should not go together. No. I'm sure there's Bridgerton kink though.
0: It's oh, episode God, 100. Seeing, like,
1: it's episode honey, 100. <laughs> honey
0: Everything Honeybird
1: Bridgerton there there
2: is. And you know who's who I feel like is is like on board with this is that mm-hmm. that that fashion company that we like, Selkie. The Selkie, oh, yeah. right? Like how they're doing this whole sort of like Regency slash Louis the Fourteenth, like mm-hmm. like like little girl fetishism. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 where I think it goes. That's where I think this kink goes. <sighs>
0: So, does this apply the the standing test of time for the show?
1: No, never. Nope, not in a million <laughs> years.
0: Like, so no, either. it
1: doesn't. D- it doesn't apply, or it doesn't to stand the, the test of time.
0: No, d- does the question apply to what we're talking about? Because it's definitely not going to.
2: Uh, uh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes, it's definitely not going to.
1: That's what yeah. I, I don't. I don't think it will either. I think in ten years. People are going to be like, oh, that show everyone was watching 10 years ago. It's going to be yeah. ridiculous. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous and dated and stupid.
0: It's going to be Melrose Place.
1: <laughs> I never watched Mel- Melrose Place, so I can't actually comment. It's going to be Friends, Friends, which is like popular. I don't, with a certain I don't people know. But no. never Friends
2: is so it. popular now, though. Yeah. It's like so popular.
1: I know. There's no accounting for taste.
0: That's the other thing I have to tell my kids: like, you know, that show is terrible, right? Like, Frasier is so much better.
1: (laughs)
2: Frasier is so much better; it's so much more witty. But, um, I think, I think no, I think, I think very soon that
1: people are going to look at that and be like, "What the shit is that?" I I think people are going to get tired of it. Usually, I'm on the forefront of trends. Like, whatever I think, people end up thinking a couple years later. So if I'm thinking this now about Bridgerton, I feel like other people are going to jump on board.
2: Yeah. I think that you can't go, when you go so far, Mm -hmm. immediately, there's no room left to go. And that is the hole that they have dug for themselves. They went balls out, and, and now you can't stuff the dick back in.
0: Yeah. Do you think they they went all in season one, thinking if they don't like it, we got it out there. Season one. Yes, and,
2: absolutely.
1: And I think then season, season two.
0: They're like, well, what do we do now?
1: I think season one was hard. I'll cut them more slack for season one because the subject <laughs> matter about stealing a man's sperm. Like, that's hard to do without going balls out.
0: Like, yeah.
1: And having a lot of sex scenes and having open, frank discussions about sex in a historical ish TV show. So, I will get them more slack for what they did and like the overtness and just in your face because the subject matter was so in your face. But yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, I I don't agree with that.
1: I think that um, enemies to lovers is another trope that you can like really be overt and in your face with. But now if you have like, you know, friends to like friends to lovers, like how's that going to be interesting?
2: I don't want to see Penelope and Colin together. No, it's going to gross me out. I just can't. I I, I don't know. I, I'm not a friends to lovers fan. Anyhow, in that I'm way, I'm not either. I I like friends who are attracted to each other. Like I like when there's some sexual tension and and there's a friendship, and then something grows from there. But when people are just like, ugh, I don't like him, and
1: like that, and she don't mm-hmm. like me like that. Like I don't
2: understand how that that turns into lovers.
1: I I like it in real life, but I don't like to read about it.
0: <laughs> right friends to lovers you mean
1: yeah i mean i think that's how most people end up together
0: uh, oh, yeah. oh, I absolutely I say.
2: absolutely. but they have an attraction there has to be an initial attraction you can't you can't be like oh that guy is so completely unattractive and then all of a sudden end up
1: lusting for him
0: well and also that's why i don't want to read about it because that's what happens in real life
1: it, yeah uh I don't know in books that there's something that like happens and there's like a switch that gets sprung and, um, and uh, like, I don't know, it changes things for them. And then once the guy starts changing his mind, uh, like she'll start seeing him for the first time. To me that's never like, how do you not know someone's attractive? Like I to me that's just never it doesn't work in fiction. But
2: right.
1: um yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna keep people's attention. You know what? I don't I like I I don't like this show so much. I don't even like Julie Andrews as narrator in the show. I know. Isn't and that, that terrible? Like, a tragedy. like doesn't it? The most well respected actresses on the planet. And I'm like annoyed by the sound of her voice now.
2: I know. I, I, <laughs> I, but it to me, this season was so much better
0: than yeah. the last
2: because at least I had a love story I could get behind. Mm-hmm. I could not get behind those two characters last season, but that's the only reason. Other than that, it's, it's every, Everything I hated about the first season is now just, like, blasted. Yeah. And there is not any room for them to go anywhere. They they went so far so quickly that now people want to see something fresh, but they've seen it all.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that is... A great spot to stop at is if anyone has anything else. Mm -mm. No, I do not. Well, you you can find us at if you want to contact the show. It's force proximity podcast at Gmail. Uh, Patreon. Where can everyone find you?
2: Um. Just. I I guess. (laughs)
0: <laughs> your, your Instagram you handle is probably the best.
2: Find me. Petra Orloff. That's a very easy uh, search. Uh, it's P E T R A, <laughs> Petra Orloff. But All right. yeah, I know. I'm sort of arcane and and indiscriminate.
0: And with that, we're going to sign off. Good night. Thanks for being with us, Petra.
2: Thanks for having me. Thank you.